Welcome to TA1, everything I know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. Got the legendary squeaky Stevie. Put her down here. Um, I listened to one of the episodes where she squeaked the whole time. Yeah, it's annoying. I'll try not to do that again. Anyway, it's um, a chilly November night. Although we're supposed to be up into the 70s almost uh, in two days. So let's get it. And then I uh, leave a week from today, head down to Denver to catch up with the uh, 57 team and head for Mexico for the Baja 1000. Um, team, team won't be racing. The truck is in about a gazillion pieces for a total rebuild. But uh, we're going to go down and support a couple of other trucks during the race. So um, look on my timeline if you want to see what's going on in uh, Baja. Like 10 days from now. Takes two days to get there, but anyway. Um, Hopefully we'll get one more episode in. Got to get a Thanksgiving episode, so I have to corral somebody. It's been, I think everybody's busy, so it's uh, hard to hook up with anybody. Get some episodes done. And uh, when I get back, I think uh, we'll have some more time and some people uh, ready to talk adventure racing. And then, hey, next thing you know, it'll be C to C, and uh, the season is on. So, anyway, uh, let's do this. Uh, go fast, take chances. And thanks for listening. Bye. Brenda, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, um, a little embarrassed, but hey. Oh, don't be. <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, an hour central time. And I'm like, you know, instead of like doing the smart thing and saying, now what time zone are you in? <laughs> <laughs> I should have, I, that, I, I should have said something too. I'm, I am Eastern. Yep. Yep. So. And then, of course, in about 20 minutes, you're going to hear some buzzing, and I have to run, go shut off the uh, the stove because I threw Chili's supper. Oh, <laughs> no problem. You might hear my dogs whining because it's, nor- it's about uh, relaxation time for this house, and I sit down, and the dogs all jump on my lap. Oh, well, see, Chili has never been a lap dog, so oh. we, don't, we don't get that. She likes the hard floor, you know, it's like. Want to come up on the Does bed? She? And she's like, "No, I'll sleep here." No. <laughs> so. She's more. Is she like a, sh- a, sh- a shepherding dog? Well, we think she's Australian sh- shepherd, but we don't know. You know, she was street dog, so mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And and she doesn't really have that herding instinct. Uh huh. I mean, like she thinks she's tough stuff if she sees a cow when we're out in the woods, and unless, <laughs> unless the cow turns around and then she runs and cowers behind me. You see a cow in the woods? Yeah. Um, okay. Because it's um, in the summertime around here, it's open range. Open range, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we have to put up the electric fence to keep them out because, you know, the law of the uh-huh. West, the homesteaders got to keep the cows out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we didn't know in the first, I don't know when, how long ago, was the first time that the, you know, 40 cows walked through the yard in the mud. It's like, <laughs> that really sucks. <laughs> No kidding. Yeah. You know, I, I was just kind of refreshing my memory about the race and um, thinking about the diversity between America and Croatia. And you talk about cows walking through your yard. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm living in a diverse country just from, you know, the eastern to the, well, you're probably standard mountain. Are you mountain? Yeah, western South Dakota, yeah. yeah so. Western South, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, America's huge, yep. but, yeah, we're even diverse just in America. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And, you know, that was the, when Paulette and I were in Iceland, that's the thing that that threw me forever, is you'd look at the map and think, oh, how are we going to see all this? And then you realize it's like, it's 800 kilometers to drive all the way around the country. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and what finally, sure. yeah, what finally, can you know, clicked for me was... Um, Reading some article that says, you know, this this waterfall is two and a half hours from Reykjavik. And then I look on the map and I'm like, oh, that's two and a half hours. 
this is a tiny country. Yes, sir. <laughs> so. um, yeah, I was. Can I put you on speaker? Will you be able to hear me? It should so be I, okay. Go ahead. My husband's sitting here, and he's probably wondering, huh, I'd like to be in on this. <laughs> yeah. So. If you can hear me all right? Yeah, if you stay a little close, you're good. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, who are you? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, you want my name? Brenda Carlson Brown is my name. Yeah. Um, recently married uh, about six and a half years ago to Joe Brown. So. so now I am in partnership with with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like gonna, he's, he's going to sit there and laugh at you the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's when two become one. So yeah, but that's who I am. Yep. And um, you're an adventure racer. What exciting life you live! <laughs> oh, I I agree. Um, I can't imagine life at all without adventure racing. I, I mean, I've gone through a lot of different sports and activities and uh, um, spent a lot of time in, in different things, but this has definitely been uh, the most time spent and most loved sport is adventure racing. Oh, that's cool. Well, let's let's get in the Wayback Machine and go way back. We're not that far <laughs> back. <laughs> so so okay. what was what was your first first sporting passion um well i guess um it would be canoe marathon canoe racing um back in the um early 90s is when i started that and um i just had a girlfriend ask me if i wanted to go out and do some canoeing and some paddling and possibly do the canoe marathon which in grayling is a real huge event 120 mile race um, from the center of Michigan to Lake Huron and um, it starts right here in Grayling so I said sure and then that started my canoe marathon which was about 10 years worth yeah so is that um, you know here's a pun jumping into the deep end so was your literally your first race 120 miles um yeah no it wasn't <laughs> oh. uh, yeah my first race we did um smaller weekend races around michigan the, uh, the first summer and thinking we needed to spend more time training before we did the big 120 miler so we did spend a whole summer and a half uh, training together to prep and get ready uh, for the big race ah. so is that one of those races that if you live within 200 miles of it you have to do one at least once. Um, I think so. There, you know, people come from all over the world actually to do huh. this race, but mostly the the U.S. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of people in Michigan that do it. It's in its 75th year now, and um, it's uh, it's definitely definitely big. It's part of a big triple crown event that uh, one of them is in New York. And one is in Canada, part of the Triple Crown. So those, there's two big races besides besides ours. That's a pretty famous one in, on the East Coast. It's yeah. interesting. But you guys have a famous one there too in Texas. So yeah, I mean, I tend, I've heard of the the yeah the what the water safari, but I've never heard of the Grayling. Yeah. And it's like there's all these really cool races that no you know that millions of people don't hear about. It's like. Well, that sounds like a fun race to do. Not for mm -hmm. me, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it is a fun race. It starts at night and goes through the night. It, it, uh, it's definitely intimidating that way for a lot of people that aren't locals. But, mm. you know, when you train on the river, you really get to know every bend and every sweeper and every log in the river by heart from mm. start to finish. So, like, how big a river is it? Um, as far as how wide? Yeah. I mean, just uh, give me a, a sense of, like, you know, how many people, I mean, are you nose to tail? Are you five wide the whole time? Um, well, it's, you know, 75 racers in um, tandem boats, mm -hmm. and it's, it starts as a Le Mans start. Okay. So we carry our boats in a sprinting fashion down to the river and jump in. And probably the first hour 
we're pretty close together, but it, it does start to thin out. Um, and by the time you get uh, two-thirds of the way, you might be catching people or people catching you, depending how strong you feel. But it's, it's not crowded once you get past that first hour. And by then, it's dark. Um, and, uh, and you might get a, an out-of-towner or even an out-of-stater that will just jump on your stern and basically suck your stern the whole way until daylight because they don't know the river. Yeah. And uh, so... Do you get, is it frustrating when you do that, or are you just like, yeah, that's that's the way it is? <laughs> well, depending on what partner I have, I did have a partner one time that decided to, um, uh, what would you call it, shake shake them off oh. by getting real close to a sweeper on a corner, and they hit the sweeper. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it depends on your partner, um, but that particular partner didn't want them on our tail anymore because not only do you give them that advantage to to know where to go but they also ride your wake and 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 can do an easier paddle the whole way and they don't take turns pulling so Mm -hmm. they kind of kind of leech on and and yeah we we have at times no right where to dump them or (laughs) (laughs) doesn't sound very nice but no i I think it's uh i think it's totally i mean that's you know, in bike racing, you hate the wheel sucker that, you know, sits in all day and out sprints you, so. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've been known to, uh, I don't think I've ever, I ever threw a water bottle at anybody, but, you know, you might, like, uh, miss your mouth and when you squirt over your head or something. It's just a, <laughs> I've never thought of that one. <laughs> or a good one's a snot rocket. <laughs> yeah, that'll work, too. <laughs> so. Um, okay, so here's a little bit of a loaded question. How good of a paddler were you? Uh, yeah, you know, that is a good... I, I guess I... That is. Um, <laughs> um, you know, over the years, I got better and better. Always there were those few females that I could never beat and catch. Yeah. And then, you know, I could catch more and more as I got better and better. Um, so probably be about like I am in adventure racing, you know, I'm, I'm up there, but I'm definitely not that good. And, um, you know, I like to be in top 10 and I guess that's where I was then too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an athlete, but I'm not one of those gifted real good ones. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just work hard. I work hard. Yeah. How much? And I, and, oh, go ahead. And, and I'm happy where I always land, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it'd be nice to always take the gold, but it's it's part of the journey too, and how you enjoy it, and um, it's just it's just fun to race. Yeah, you know? it is. So, how much in a in a hundred and twenty mile race is is physical strength versus technique versus mental strength? Ah, uh, well, mental is huge. I think yeah. in any racing, yeah, and it, and in canoe racing. We get out of the boat. We have, in that particular race in the, in the Asabo Marathon, we get out of the boat uh, seven times for seven hydraulic dams, and then we can run our boats. Sometimes you can hardly w- go forward because you've been sitting so long in a very cramped position. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that part's mental. It, and it's, um, it, it's painful just to sit that long for 17, 18 hours. I don't know if you've been in a boat racing at... No. I would say we average about 80 strokes per minute, and um, and we don't stop to go to the bathroom. It's done in the boat. Yep. Uh, we don't stop to eat. Uh, the food's thrown on our lap as we go by our feeders, and um, and we just basically lose one paddle stroke as we throw a bite in our in our mouth. So, the whole the whole thing is. 100% physical, 100% mental, <laughs> and, and technique is 100% too because, you know, I've seen racers that are very strong, burly men, and I beat very yeah. strong men, but, you know, the, the technique is so, so important um, on, on how you can get the boat to ride up, a, up, up above and, um, you know, not suck in the water so bad, and, 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 knowing, and knowing the river, knowing where the flow is and were to stay out of the suck water and um, just yeah a lot of technique and uh, a lot of mental to stay in the boat <laughs> yeah so, but, so you're probably one of the one of the fewish 
adventure racers that love a long canoe section in a race. Um, yeah, I do enjoy the water portions, and I, I and my husband are only one of the few that actually race single blade. So mm -hmm. if we're in a canoe, we race single blade, yeah. and everybody else are, are racing with kayak paddles. And it only stands to reason when you're in a canoe, you should use a canoe paddle. But, um, but there is a technique, and I think it's easier for adventure racers to use kayak paddles because... Um, I think the technique is uh, easier, and um, so that's where they all go to. And I guess everybody does it, so they figure that's the way to do it. Yeah. So, is 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 there a lot of crossover? Does a good canoeist actually make a good kayaker, and vice versa? Um, I, I think you have the upper body strength. Um, it's it's definitely a different stroke. I don't spend a lot of time kayaking. I did sea to sea this year, and I was in a solo kayak, yeah. and I felt like I held my own with <laughs> canoers. Um, so I think there is somewhat of a crossover, but um, I, you know, I did spend a little time training with a kayak paddle. But I am not a kayaker. I yeah. don't spend a lot of time in a kayak. In fact, I don't even own one. So, um, yeah, I think there must be some some kind of crossover because of just just having that fast twitch um, muscle and your arms are used to, and, and your core, you know, you use your yeah. core a lot in canoe racing, and and, so, and I, kayaking is the same way. Just learn how to use your core and, and apply it in, in both techniques. Yeah. Well, I mean, there we did have a discussion with some people this week about kayak training for adventure racing, and, and my advice is don't bother. Nobody does. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, there's there are kayakers that adventure race, but adventure racers usually don't kayak. So, you know, it's like don't worry about it. You're all in this. Oh, I was gonna say you're all in the same boat, but yeah, you're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a small, small percentage. I think the elite uh, adventure racers yeah. do train in the kayaks. Um, Otherwise, they wouldn't be as fast as they are. Yeah. Uh, in nationals, you know, we tried our hardest to get the Blazing Paddle Award, but uh, there there was a few teams that were faster, and um, and they and they obviously do train. They have to train. Some of them have to train. Yeah. I think. Well, I think there's some of them that come from that background, and it just it it's like swimmers. If you come from that background, you never lose it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, so ten years of canoeing. Then what was next? Um, well, while I was still canoe racing, I uh, I got a phone call from a stranger asking me to do an adventure race. Uh, that old <laughs> so that story. Was, yeah. So that was next, and uh, uh, I said, "What is that?" <laughs> no, never heard of it, and um, so so that's a whole story in itself. Well, tell it. Oh, okay. See, yeah. see, the whole idea is, is the more you talk, the less I have to talk, and, oh. and the better people <laughs> like it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, spring. I can remember snow on the ground still. Um, we had a, a late snowfall, and this this um, racer called and said the, he got my name from another canoe racer. She couldn't do the race or didn't didn't know anything about it and didn't want to attempt it, and so she gave her gave him my name, and... Basically, he asked if I wanted to do adventure race, and I said, I'd love to. And then I said, oh, what is it? <laughs> uh, so he proceeded to give me some bullet points, and um, um, I said, it sounds great. Um, and it was, I think I had two weeks to get ready and figure out, um, you know, what, what it all entailed. I, I went to Wisconsin and raced... Um, with two army um, veterans, and uh, one one of them was their dad, yeah. and um, basically they were looking for a good paddler because none of them could paddle, and um, it it did show in the race because <laughs> the other boat that I wasn't in tipped many times, <laughs> but. Um, I also went to the race with hiking boots, not realizing that they were going to give me huge blisters 
because I didn't realize. I thought we're going to be in the woods. Why? 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 Sure, I would want hiking boots. Yeah, no of course. About it. <laughs> <laughs> that was mistake number one. Um, but it was a 24-hour race. It was my first race, and I had two weeks to prepare. And I basically was in an off season, just coming out of an off season, mm-hmm. uh, um, because we. I don't paddle a whole lot in the winter, just a little bit. And um, I loved it enough to go back when they asked me to try again the next year. And after that, I had decided to train, and uh, we did much better, and it was a great experience. And, um, yeah, that was back in 1997. I was 36 years old at the time, and... Did two 24-hour races at my first two races, and uh, decided in 1999 to put my own team together here in Michigan, and um, and that's that started my adventure racing in full swing. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to tell you that that's kind of a special story, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 especially. For women, because, you know, you get somebody that they're looking for a team and you get in it and there's, you know, it's a last minute because that's the way men are and <laughs> you excel and you love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, the only uh, little monkey wrench in yours is it wasn't an expedition race because half the time it's, yeah. Oh, you want to do a 10-day race with us? What is it? Oh, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That really, yeah, my story pales compared to that. <laughs> I, I thought I was I was quite brave and adventurous to say yes to a twenty-four. Well, I I agree. <laughs> so, um, is your I don't want to say your whole life, but are you the kind of person that always says yes and then deals with the consequences? I think I am. I I love. Um, Spontaneity. I I like the um, the unknowns and um, the challenges that come yeah. with it, and just trying to figure out, you know, how how to deal with situations and and yeah, I'm pretty uh, spontaneous in that way, and I I think about stuff later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what I get into. Yeah. Oh, I can make this, and I usually can make it work. Yeah. I would say um, all the time. I yeah. Can make it work. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go back a little bit, but this is a good good segue into this because you're how 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 many days did you have before the Croatia race that you met your team? <laughs> oh, that I met my team. I, I met. Okay, I you got to hold on one second. I gotta go turn the stove off. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Okay, so the hamburger is cooked. Oh, good. <laughs> See, chili, chili only eats organic beef. Oh, okay. <laughs> like literally the cows that wander our yard, that's the rancher we get them from. Oh, perfect. It is, and it actually keeps her healthy, and it turns out to be cheaper than dog food. How, how old is chili? Nine. Wow. So, yeah, and she really... She had a lot of problems. Um, Paulette thinks that she might have been poisoned when she was on the street. Okay. Um, I mean, we spent several nights thinking she was going to die, type sick. And then we put her on actually antibiotics and started feeding her the beef. And knock wood. (laughs) Mm. All right, back to adventure racing and your new team that you met. So you you, you have to tell the story even though I know it. Okay. But this uh, this goes to the fact that you always say yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah, you know the story. But yeah. basically, um, I uh, I found on Adventure Race Teammate Finder, a, some, you know, a, a team looking for a female. Yeah. And um, I reached out to them and said I was interested. And we didn't talk a whole lot. 
we just talked back and forth a little bit on uh, on Messenger, and then it, it got down to the point where I had to make a decision because I think it was only like three day, three weeks before the race yeah. when we were doing this, and um, so they had I I think four three or four other females that they were looking at too, but none of them wanted to to make the jump and. So I finally just said yes, I would do it, and um, booked the tickets. And I think two weeks later, I flew out. Uh, I think it was a week after Wilderness Traverse in Canada. <laughs> so, so it was, it was uh, uh, all short notice. And and I think part of my issue was is I wanted to do something big. I yeah. was trying out for Eco and didn't make it. And I was trying out for the race to the center of the earth, and I didn't make that. And I'm like, and all of that was going to happen in the in the fall. And so I, I was excited to see that there was another big challenge that I could possibly do to fill those two that I I didn't yeah. uh, you know get to go to. Um, and so yeah, so I talked to the navigator once on the phone, and he knew English very well. Uh, he's from Slovenia, and uh, and I flew out and met him four days, about four days, I think, before the race started. And I met the rest of my teammates, the one the day before and the other one two days before mm -hmm. the race started. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, team. They were absolutely wonderful to, to work with. And uh, um, But, of course, I didn't know that till I got there. Yeah. And one, one of Joe's comments or questions was, how can you say yes to a team you've never met? I mean, they're from a different country. And I said, well, that's part of the fun, part of the adventure. You know, <laughs> that's that's part of me. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's part part of the excitement. Uh, yeah, and I know there's probably stories out there that it doesn't turn out that well, and I was fortunate that it did turn out well. I have um, I think that the ratio of good stories to bad stories is better than it was eight, ten years ago. Okay, good. Just, just thinking in my head the stories that I've heard, um, and who knows why. Maybe it's just because culture is better, and or I don't know. And, but, yeah, I'm, in my head I'm thinking, yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of good, good results recently so but yeah that's a big jump mm -hmm. is there any yeah. one thing that that was a deciding factor of saying yes was it was it you know because you just really wanted to do something or the or the adventure um yeah the, the adventure yeah. going to a different country in croatia was so beautiful yeah. um and uh that was probably the biggest thing, and see and seeing that they were a good team. They had raced the, the previous year, the first year that it was done. They raced and came in second place. That also made me very nervous yeah. because they were a good, good team. And um, but yeah, that my biggest deciding factor was the fact that they they were a good team, and it was in a, in a country I'd never been to, and and it looked to be really exciting and and yeah diverse and and something I'd never got to do yet. And like I said, you know, I, I had my heart set on doing something exciting for the fall. You know, one of those two races that I didn't yeah. make. So so that was perfect. It was a perfect fill-in. Well, that's good. So I I would know this if I prepared, but how did you guys do? <laughs> well, uh, we came in thirteenth okay. out of I think. 40, 41 teams. So that's that's actually was, quite well. Good. How I mean, how did it work out athletically with um, them? With them? Yeah. Uh, I they were a very strong team, and uh, it worked out very well because they were willing to to help carry my load, mm -hmm. um, to tow me on foot, <laughs> tow <Yeah>. me on bike. <laughs> I mean. It, it's, um, you know, the tables were turned for me um, 
you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm just as strong as the guys, if not stronger sometimes in the race. Yeah. In this particular instance, they were always much stronger. And um, so it was, it, it was interesting and it worked out very well. And uh, yeah, I was, I was told um, more often than I thought I would be. Mm. Is that something that you guys had a chance to discuss beforehand, or was it just kind of the way naturally just worked out that way? I, I did tell them that it, here in the U.S., in our races, we have tow systems on our bikes, and we tow also on foot. Yeah. And I would be willing at, at any point to have that done if, if they wanted to. And I don't think they've ever done that before. Mm. For, well, they might have done some towing on the bike in previous races, but um, so yeah, they were prepared. We were all prepared just in case, you know, that that came up. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, the real big steep climbs, uh, they helped tow on the bike. Yeah. And, uh, and there was a lot of elevation in that race, on foot and and on on the bikes. And uh, I I don't have that training ground over here. Michigan's pretty flat. Mm. And uh, so it uh, it worked out well, and and they they knew that they weren't going to come in as well as they did the year before, and they said that they just wanted to have fun and do the best that we could do as a team, and and that was a good deciding factor for me too. I, I knew that they weren't going to eat me up, chew me up, and spit me out. Yeah. You know that we would work good together, and I felt the void they needed. And uh, they filled the void that that I needed. Yeah, so we worked well together. Yeah. So I'm always interested in if if you know this or when. How long did it take before you got you felt like you were part of the a team, the team, and not uh, not the new gal? Right. You know, I felt that before the race even started, hmm. when we were getting things ready and just. Um, getting our bins and our boxes and everything ready. Uh, I just felt a complete part of it. Uh, they included me everything. They tried to speak as much English as possible. And um, I just I just felt very comfortable before the race I even started. And I, I don't even think I felt any more comfortable during the race. They just really did very well in that area before we even started. Uh, that's cool. Um, so that's an interesting point about the English. So were there times in the race when they would like, I don't I want to say slip, but they would all start talking in Slovakian, Slovakian or whatever. And, uh, yeah, Slovenian. Slovenian. And yeah. you kind of felt like what's going on or, or were they real um, thoughtful about that? They try to be thoughtful, mm -hmm. but when sleep deprivation creeps in and everything, it's, they, of course, use their native language more yeah. than not. And it got to the point where sometimes I would be leading in the bike and there would be a, a turn and they would say the turn in Slovenian. <laughs> I have no idea. I'd almost go, I'd almost have to stop, you know, so I would lose my rhythm. Mm -hmm. And so I did learn left, straight, and right. Yeah. And I can't repeat right and and straight because they were so long. But I know turn left is level. Level. <laughs> so and, and and the sound of straight and right was, you know, those were long, funky words. And so I got to know that sound. Yeah. But, but I was like, oh my gosh, guys, can you please give me the directions in English? <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, it was it was hard. We we were very sleep deprived. Um, I told them that. I was very capable of going long distances without sleep, and that's exactly what we did. We, mm. we probably I got about an hour and a half sleep in the 87 plus hours that it took us. It took us a little over 87 hours to do the race. Mm. How did you, I mean? Did you handle that okay, or did you get a little loopy towards the end? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of a lot of hallucinations. Um, even one of our team, my teammates, tipped over on the bike, and. Um, and then I almost ran into a barbed wire fence before I woke up on the bike. And the last paddle in was at night, and oh. I saw semis on the on the on the lake with us. On the it was actually the sea, 
<laughs> yeah. The semis beside me and the and the kayak in front of me was going backwards. I mean, you just yeah, it's just really, really uh, bizarre the the hallucinations. But all in all, I, I think that the very last paddle section, I, I almost I could see where my mind was really slipping badly where. I couldn't, I took my helmet off and then I put it back on. And I'm like, no, I'm going kayaking. I don't need my helmet. <laughs> it's just like, what? I don't even know what's next. So it, it, at that point, it was, I was glad that we were going to be uh, done in, a, you know, a few hours. Yeah. Do you, do you know when you're hallucinating? Do you yeah, know, or do you yeah. know that something's not right? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, you're. I think you're. I'm completely with it. it it's just you're seeing things. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I never did mushrooms or anything like that. Yeah. But you know, they talk about those hallucinations. And but you, see, yeah, I'm very aware of everything, and I'm hallucinating. Um, and you're just basically seeing things that yeah. really aren't there. Yeah. Um, and seeing bizarre things, and very vivid. Have you ever seen anything you think you're hallucinating, it's really bizarre, and then you realize, no, that really is something bizarre? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You know, some of the hallucinations do stem from, say, um, I, I saw a skeleton in the water one time, and basically mm-hmm. it was just kind of some... Um, uh, the, the wood that was in the water, yeah. just different things, stumps on land that look like uh, people, and I saw people and, and crowds of people because of the stumps. Yeah. So I think I think yeah, it does stem from some of the things you see, but um, it it also doesn't. You know, I saw that those semis more than once on the on the water, and I couldn't I couldn't shake them. <laughs> I just couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um... When Paulette did the Tahoe 200, she she thought she saw Bigfoot and actually took a picture of it. <laughs> and if I show you the picture and I can tell you what it is, and you and it's still look, it's a burnt tree. Oh, okay. And you look at it, and I can say it's a burnt tree, and you look at it, and it still looks like Bigfoot. It's that mm-hmm. that walking pose. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's weird. Of course. Then she thought she saw mountain lions and looked back and there were two lions behind her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes. Um, well, you, well, you know, I have enough hallucinations and enough races that when I did see to see this past spring yeah. or winter, um, when I started seeing the monkeys, I thought I was hallucinating. But, <laughs> no, they were really monkeys. They were really there. monkeys, were, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, what, get, grade yourself on the race, on your race that you went, and you went to Croatia with a team you didn't know, how did, how did you, how did you do? Um, well, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I did the best that I could do. Mm-hmm. I came out of that race saying that I, uh, that was the hardest race that I've ever done in my whole life. And I put out the most energy that I've ever, ever did from start to finish. And, um, you know, a lot of ARs, big expedition ARs, you know, you spend a little more time in TA if you need to, but there was no extra time in TA. Um, while, while some of my guys were sleeping in TA, I was, I was banjoting bed, putting band-aids on my feet and so I wasn't getting to sleep because I was taking care of necessities that they didn't have to deal with that I had to deal with Um, you know as far as what I gave to the race I'd give it a 10 but you know how I I, how I compared to how they raced well that's not that's not what I'm asking I mean (laughs) that's not what you're asking yeah I mean I mean I want to know how you you feel you did and it sounds like you give yourself a 10 yeah, it was my best race that I've ever done and the fastest I've ever gone in any race. And, and of course, you know, there was help from them too. Yeah. But, yeah, everything clicked so well, and and I was able to just focus and do what I needed to do and keep doing what – keep going forward and and um, and enjoy it. 
at the same time, enjoy it immensely. That's cool. A lot of, lot of racers or some racers in that kind of pain don't enjoy it anymore, but I was able to keep enjoying it. Sweet. Even though it was painful. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that, that um, this has stepped up your AR game now a little bit for the next time? Um, you know, I, I would say yes. I The transition areas, I could see how they can go faster and just be smoother. And, um, and you know, the AR game, if I'm going solo, you know, you, you can only go as fast as your teammates yeah. too. And, you know, that's a big factor. And I was fortunate enough to have very fast teammates. Um, but, you know, you, you can't always find three other teammates or two other teammates that are, are this real fast. Yeah. So I, it steps up my game um, as much as I can, can do it that way, you know, with, with the team that mm-hmm. I have. So um, why, what is it, why do you like to solo? Um, because I'd only have myself to blame okay. if something goes wrong. Um, and, and I can, and I know I can give it a hundred percent and, and, and know that I left everything out there that I didn't finish the race thinking or wishing that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it could have been faster or I, I could have done better or we could have done better as our team, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like doing solo because of that, but I, but I also like the team dynamics too. Mm-hmm. So you know, I like a mix of it. Yeah. Um, so push myself as hard and as hard as I can, and yeah, and yeah. So if you, if you see a race, you know, let's say C to C, where you could solo or you could be on a team, how how do you decide what you want to do? Um. Well. You know, I, I C2C was my very first solo race ever. Okay. I just, I just loved it. I thought, this is great. Um, and I did it, see, it solo because I, I thought it was going to be one of the easier expedition races <laughs> terrain-wise yeah. that, that I could do. Um, I wouldn't get lost on in a, a different mountain range mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah, just and – I, and I – I thought there might be enough racers all around that I wouldn't feel like I was totally alone, but I could race my own race mm-hmm. and um, still have other teams, you know. Yeah. But there's a little bit of a safety net there. That... And there is that safety net. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I don't like racing by myself at night. Yeah. Totally, you know. So it, it, that that's why I picked to see the solo because I thought I could be around enough people. Yeah. We're about ready. We're about ready to have a visitor. Where's my dog? Chili and Paulette just got home. Oh, okay. She probably had to stop to take a drink. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, let's go back a little bit. So you started your own team when you, you know, what, in 2000, that era? Yeah. So what did you do for the next 17, 18 years? Until you bet me. Until I met you, well, <laughs> I, I did a lot of adventure racing all the way from, well, actually, because I was introduced in adventure racing the, as a 24-hour race the first one, I thought anything less than that was just goofy. There was just no way I would do anything less than that. So yeah. I did a lot of 24s and, and um, did um, the longer races the coast-to-coast in Michigan and, um, you know, the expedition races. And so then I finally was asked to do a smaller race, a shorter race, and, and I thought that was a little harder than I thought because it was a sprint, yeah. and, and it was definitely hard. So so I expanded to the shorter races and, um, and mountain bike racing started – in, in that time period also, mm-hmm. and, you know, nothing major. I just did some local Michigan event, uh, mountain bike races. And uh, and I was never the navigator on my team, and so I finally started to go to orienteering me. By, uh, about the time I met my husband, mm-hmm. and um, my team was dissolved at that time, and 
I decided I wanted to start learning how to navigate so that I could put a team together, preferably with Joe. And um, and I thought, well, I need to learn how to navigate. So I started going to a lot of uh, old meets in southern Michigan to learn how to do that, to read a compass. And, and that was just so fun and exciting. And it was all a new twist in adventure racing where I got to be a navigator instead of instead of just the pace counter, which is what I was for the teams that I, the team that I raced for. And uh, so when Joe and I got married, we put a team together called I Will Survive, or Will We Survive, actually. (laughs) The first year we decided to call ourselves Will We Survive, and um, we we did some races together, and, and, um, and then after that, the following year, we decided to be We Will Survive, because we did, and and uh, I, I'm learning more and more how to navigate, and it's a, it's a never-ending study, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah, when I think back, I, I've come a long way, but I still have a long ways to go. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to because even the best ones still make mistakes. So, what what of us mortals? What chance do we stand? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, okay, here's my favorite question about couples that race. And, and you can take it off speaker if you want. <laughs> um, okay. Are you guys married when you race together? Um, well, you know, that's a good question because Joe thought, and I probably should let him tell this, but I'll tell it. Joe thought how romantic this will be. <laughs> we can race together. As a as a married couple, and it would be so so fun and romantic. <laughs> and the very first race, or maybe not the very first race, but very close to the very first race, he realized that he was just a teammate, and yeah. he wasn't. <laughs> when I yelled at him, "Get out of the boat and get the checkpoint! What are you doing?" <laughs> so yeah, um, we are teammates when we're racing, and. And you know we look after each other as teammates, yeah. and and he he doesn't have to cater to me as a husband to a wife, or you know which is a lot of things he would wait for me. Like no go, you know, yeah. just <laughs> I'll catch you, you know, if I have to take a bathroom break. Yeah, you know, I, I'm right behind you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But yeah, that was that was a hard transition I think for him, but he's trans he has done that transition and. But it was an eye opener. You know, yeah, we we were teammates yeah. and our teammates. So, do you guys usually race together, or you know, how how does how does your racing careers work? Yeah, we will survive. Is generally Joe and I, and okay. obviously we can't race nationals as a two person team. So we've picked up different uh, male teammates to fill that third void mm-hmm. and um and um yeah i think even some races we have to be three person we can't even be two but yeah. but yeah we we generally are two person and um and he has a, a limit on probably about a 30 hour race and and i still have a huge love for uh, expedition so yeah. i that's where i can you know, I pick up other teams or form other other teams for expedition, like uh, Untamed New England, and you know, you just pick up different people and form teams that way. Yeah. So that well, sounds like a good mix he had going. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he wishes he could do expedition, but he knows it's not his. his yeah. His forte, it, so. it, it's a wise man that knows his limitations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, um. So how many how many other expeditions races have you had you done before Croatia? Um, well, you know, the C to C, I guess two, the C to C, and then Untamed New England okay. uh, last year, and then I had a large long break. Um, I think the early two thousands, I had done quite a few expedition races in Michigan, okay. uh, four of them, and so I think I went ten. I don't even know how many years, 15 years without doing an expedition race, 10 years. I guess I've been racing for 22 years, yeah. so 
So why um why did you decide that it would be a good idea to do um, Untamed New England after ten years of no expedition races? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> maybe maybe not the wisest choice you've ever made. <laughs> Actually, it it was. Yeah, you know, I think I think um, endurance comes with with time yeah. and and uh, experience and age and longevity and. I can remember the expedition races back when I was in my 30s, and I I suffered horribly in those. And um, in Untamed New England, I didn't suffer nearly as much, mm. and it was a much harder race. Yeah. And uh, so I was feeling like you know I, I could could go back to expedition and and do quite well, and and, and that was a good race to do it in because. I heard a lot of good things about it, yep. and it was a beautiful area, and um, and it doesn't happen every year. So yeah, yeah, we formed a team and jumped on board. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean that's uh, kind of a that that race is just special. Yeah, and I think if it is only every three or four years, we'll be fine. Um, yes, even though it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. What's uh, well, you know, it's it's off season now, pretty much. But what uh, what are you looking forward to next year? Well, I'm signed up with uh, Barbara Nice May to do C to C as yeah. a two person female. Yeah, I know. And I know. I know your um, uh, competition. You do. Uh huh. Oh, you do. Yes. <laughs> your wife is one of them. Yep, her and uh, Sherry are gonna gonna do it. They they might they might go to a three or four if it if it happens, but I think they're kind of looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, Paul, that's like, well, that sounds like fun, but I got to be down there two weeks before she's helping one of our friends who's doing the Ultraman. She's crewing for him. I'm like, well, oh. I, I guess you get to spend three weeks in Florida in February. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's hard. Yeah, it? it is. Although you guys live in Texas, it's probably warm there. No, South Dakota. Oh, you're in South Dakota. Yeah. Okay, it's cold. Um, it's it's okayish. I mean, we can have sixty degree weather in the winter, so or oh, it can okay. suck. But um, so what after C to C? What are you looking at? Um, you know, doing of course all the local Michigan yeah. races that are put on, and then. Um, as many races in uh, you know in the east here that we can do east and south that we can do of, of course doing um, nationals and I would like to um, do another expedition if I can you know eco is always out there yep. I guess I'll give that another try if, if they have it yeah well rumor has well you know I did send you a message so you you gave me the thumbs up on that, which I yes, know you would, because you always yes. say yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, so. I did. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so, so there's that too, absolutely. Yeah. So any, I mean, that kind of, but you don't really have any other expeditions. But if any, if if any other teams are looking for somebody, they should get in touch yeah. with you. Absolutely, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I am a female that's available for expedition and. Um, and good. Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Just I say, mean, I, just say yeah. yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. I was gonna say average, but. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, it's. I mean, it's, you were thirteenth, and it sounded like Croatia was a hard race with a lot of good teams. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm officially saying you did good. Yes. And yes, I'm, I I'm like the voice of adventure racing. So how can you argue with me? I can't argue with that. No. Yeah, and and C to C was a you know I did good in that one. Yeah. That was that was good. Um, so, yeah, good training. Gonna uh, I have a mountain bike race next weekend called the Iceman here in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Heard of it? And, like uh, everybody else in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we are forecasted to get three to five inches of snow before the race starts, mm -hmm. and. Um, so it, it'll live up to its name. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, what is your training like, you know, 
So CDC is in February. So what do you, what do you what do you do between now and then? Um, I'm gonna after Iceman, I will probably back off a bit, start strength training, uh, which is something that I normally don't do. Mm-hmm. I've always just kind of rode on my uh, I don't know, just being in good shape all the time, but being 58 years old, mm-hmm. um, you start losing that strength. So yeah. I, I've already started strength training, and so I'm going to uh, go harder at it, you know, the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. And um, I cross-country ski in the winter, okay. and so I'll do that for some cardio and some indoor training on the bike. But, you know, just kind of give the ticker a little bit of a rest, too. Yeah. I, I was just talking with Joe uh Probably for the last 10 years, I've done nothing but race the cross-country ski race circuit in the winter and then adventure race and mountain bike race all summer Mm -hmm. and fall and spring. And I just really don't give myself a break. This year, I'm going to go in to the winter with a little bit of of a break. And, uh, but yeah, hit the gym with the weights and stuff build some of that much needed yeah so when, when you're racing you know the last 10 years full-time have you ever needed a, just a basically a mental break even more than a physical break and, and have you taken one or what what do you do if you find yourself getting a little burned out yeah I have been burned out quite a bit and um, here and there mentally I just thought I just don't want to do another race yeah. but you know you go to you because you're already signed up, you go to the race and you do it, and oh, that was great! You know, you get that that high afterwards, and it, and it carries you through. But I, I you know, I, I know the candle does burn on both ends, and, and I have to be wise about it. And I, and I don't like that feeling that I feel like I'm dragging myself to the start line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, mentally and physically, you know, I, Joe always says we well, always bring it. By the time the race starts, you're always there. You're strong. Yeah. And, Thankfully, I you know I can recover enough before a race. Physically, I think the mental is still the, the hard part where I just I just need more of the mental break than anything. Yeah. So okay. So okay, everybody's gonna laugh now because I'm gonna say here's the last question, but I almost always have more than one. Right. <laughs> so how how many times a week does Joe hear you say I don't think I'm very fit? He says, Joe's listening, he asks, how many times do you hear me say, I don't think I'm very fit? <laughs> Perfect. Well, well the, the funny thing is, is we'll go out for a training and I say, man, I'm really tired, Joe, really, yeah. really tired. I think I'm just going to take it easy. Yeah. And we, we get started out the driveway and bam, off I go. And he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, what happened to the easy ride? What happened to the easy yeah. run? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, give Joe a high five for me because that's what I hear all the time too. Oh, do you really? <laughs> so, so he's learned to prepare and um, expect anything. Even when I say I'm dog tired, yeah. this is going to be easy. Yeah. I <laughs> all right. So, how was how was doing your first podcast? It wasn't that bad, was it? It was not bad at all. No, I, I can't see any of the people that are listening, so I feel good about it. <laughs> cool. Well, it was it was a good episode. It was a good interview, and I know because I've done a bunch of these. So. Oh, good. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Well, um, I will see you in, I don't know, what, two months, three months? Three months. Good. I'll see you uh, in St. Augustine. Yes, you will. So. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, Train hard in a, starting in a couple of weeks and have fun. All right. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Well, thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
Speed, I'm almost there. Gotta keep cool now, gotta take care. Last car to pass, here I go. And the line of cars drove down real slow. Walk. And the radio played that forgotten song. Brand leaves coming on strong. And the newsman sang his same song. Oh. 